Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I am Broadway Radio's James Marino. Oh, you're so official. All right, guys, make sure that you are on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. It's www.patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. It's honestly quite embarrassing. It's like not getting your vaccine. Like you got to be on Patreon. (laughs) I I heard uh, yesterday's show and you you were giving people the, 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 uh, more than the evil eye, the jinx. You were bur- <laughs> burning down restaurants. I don't mean to do it, but I just, yeah. I have to, I have to say, I think that the, the gods favor me. I don't know what it is. Well, you know, I, 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 I can see that. I can see that, that happening. So, uh, did you enjoy today down in the ATL? Yeah. I, um, I also was very fortunate to get my first dose of the ma- vaccine today. Whoa, excellent. Which arm, left or right? I did the left because I'm right dominant and it's starting to throb. Ah, can you, uh, you know, we're not a health show. Do not take any health advice from us. But uh, did you take some Advil or something or Tylenol or? Afterwards, my mom was like, oh, hey, maybe we should have done that. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should have. And I still (laughs) haven't taken it. Yeah, I've got the next one in a couple of weeks, and my parents are now fully vaccinated, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Excellent. Did you get the Pfizer or the other one? I can't remember. I got the Pfizer. I was a little annoyed that I needed help spelling it, but other than that, um, got that. It's like faucets. Oh, God. Faucets. Faucets. (laughs) Oh, God. Here, I got that. I got that Georgia Southern right now. Um, Yeah, so uh, Ashley's gotten her first one i don't know about you i don't know about matt but we're on track yeah we're on track i uh i'm not uh in that pool yet that allows me to get the uh the shot yet yeah and uh but you know it'll happen it'll happen very excited about it every day we get closer the closer we get to seeing some shows which is what we're going to talk about today absolutely so what's first up in the news So let's get into it. Um, While some venues have gently reopened and others remain in the planning phase, we kind of talked about that yesterday, uh, me and Matt, Um, the pandemic's reset of the industry is playing out kind of in real time. I mean, we're reporting on it every single day that we get any Mm. news. (laughs) We're we're there. Um, But there was like this big uh, ticketing association digital conference that just happened. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their takeaways uh, were getting to like, how does the pandemic show us what we're going to have to look at for ticketing going forward. And basically what they've kind of come to is that they're going to start prioritizing things that their customers really care about. And um, how that looked going into like even 2030 is that they're going to be entirely dependent on like what we do this year and how we move forward that way. And the coronavirus has accelerated so many forces that could change the way people consume entertainment, you know, like all of us are watching things on our phones. All of us are, we were doing that before, but especially with performances, you know, we're consuming online video at a rate so much higher uh, than we've ever done because we've been stuck at home. Right. And we've been embracing like zoom and Google hangouts. And they think that those things are going to be factors into how they take it going forward. And what they're kind of looking at is marketing to how patrons are discovering events and how they'll experience them, because it's not like they used to where they could, you know, you could walk up to a box office and do it that way. They're kind of looking at maybe even eliminating some of those things that are in-person and potentially doing hybrids of in-person live events with digital experiences as well to kind of 
continue the momentum of the excitement, like past the live performance phase. So yeah, it's kind of exciting. And I also appreciate that they're not saying like, yeah, performances are dead. Like, you know, mm, how, yeah. are we, how are we going to do mobile ticketing faster? How are we going to do year round engagement um, and have like the performance experience as like the anchor of all of that, but creating all these digital uh, experiences that kind of make you go, oh yes, I like doing that. And I also like being reminded of it through my phone, through emails, through apps, through, um, all these digital experiences, like over the weekend and, you know, sports, sports has been doing that for a minute. You know, fans can do like, they can use their mobile devices and scan parking passes. They can do additional tickets while they're there. They can do their concession purchases that way. And theater just doesn't, hasn't, hasn't gotten there yet. You know, like stadiums and arenas sit, you know, all of the entertainment in their downtown districts mainly, but like Broadway and theater is so spread out. So it's got, they've got to be able to like, say like, oh, you can earn points at Sardi's if you go on like this kind of day and those points earn you, you know, merch discounts, things like that, like ways that we can integrate the entire experience where, whereas like sports have been doing that forever. Like, I mean, I mean, I even remember going to like Braves games in Atlanta and you could do that 10 years ago. So why hasn't the theater industry utilized that? I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, uh, audience rewards some, somewhat does that through, through uh, telecharge, um and but and, and larger regional theaters actually not even larger regional theaters but i've seen a lot of uh, other theaters do the uh the integration of parking passes and things like that what i think would be really cool is if there were some sort of broadway passport you know yeah. some sort of app that's that where you could store all your tickets uh, electronically in your phone and you could immediately uh, pull up information about the day that you went to see Come From Away or the day that you went to see Hamilton at the public downtown and 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 see what what seat you sat in and any other types of things. I think that would be really cool if we did something along those lines. But, you know, that that's, a, that's like getting cats to march in a line, though. Uh, you know, yeah. certainly if it was... Um, one uh, theater chain specific, you know, if it was like Jujamson only, I'm sure that they could do it. But if you could do it across all of the, all, you know, all of the shows, if they were one master app, you know, like if Broadway World or Show Score or Playbill or, you know. That, that's what I was going to say. I think that Playbill would have to be the one to do it because to be honest, I don't believe that their programs, I think that they're obsolete because of the tracing, because of like the issues with the ushers possibly doing COVID. So I think that their best opportunity during this time, and I freaking hope that they're taking this opportunity to launch an app, you know, have the development phase before we get into in-person performances, because I think that's, what's going to save their ass because they rely on sponsorships and like having program, you know, ads. And so if they're not going to have them, which I don't think that they should, they should launch that kind of an app because everyone uses that program. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I th I think that that's going to be. Uh, a, I hadn't thought about if people are actually going to take playbills when they go to the theater these days. But that that's a big uh, business model change for playbill because they a lot of their revenue is tied up in the uh, the paper. Exactly. Exactly. So. Interesting. So yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how this shakes out and how it changes. Uh, you know, changes. You know, nobody likes change. Uh, as much as people say they would love to see something new, nobody likes change. <laughs> but I think that this is a, an event that's going to force us to do this change. And I think it's going to be great. 
I'm looking forward to it. Me too. And I think that anything that can reward the super fans of Broadway, the people like us that are going to binge a show, you know, like when I, when I got to New York and I was seeing Hedwig every week that I possibly could, I would love to have had something to show for that. Not like the same playbill, you know, eight times in a month. Um, but yeah, so I, I I'm excited about this. And, uh, before we get into the rest of the news though, we're going to take a moment and we're going to talk about our sponsor express VPN. So life is not fair right now now. And I could sit here and complain, but I'd rather you guys follow me on Twitter. And another thing that is not fair is the fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies from me personally, based on my location. And they have the goal. They have the cojones to increase their prices. They did it. They just did it. They've raised them once again, and we could just cancel our subscriptions, but let's be honest, we're not going to do that. So we might as well be smart about it and get our full money's worth by using an express VPN, just like I do. Yeah, you see, you don't. Now you don't really might not know what's on Netflix in your country. In different countries, you could see uh, what's happening in the UK or Japan Netflix and see what happens on theirs. But if you use ExpressVPN, I can control what country I want Netflix to think that I'm in. Mm. So I can like be sitting here in New York and I like boop 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 boop. And Netflix uh, all of a sudden says, hey, James is in Japan, and I can watch whatever I want, or boop, 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 and I could watch the BBC, because they think I'm in, um, the BBC might think that I'm in uh, London at the time. So ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time I run out of stuff to watch, I can switch to another country and unlock new shows there. And the best part is, it's not just for Netflix, you can see ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services, too. Uh, just like I talked about the BBC uh, iPlayer, it's free and only available in the UK. Yeah, so come on, like, be smart. Be cute. <laughs> smart. It's cute to be smart, so stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a very small fraction of their content. We want you to get to see everything that you possibly want. We are culture people. We love to ingest new shows and new pieces of theater and you might as well get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash broadway radio don't forget use my link so that you can get an extra three months for free that's three months free that's expressvpn e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n.com slash broadway radio and uh, go to expressvpn.com slash broadway radio to learn more about this offer all right let's uh, talk about what this healthcare cost of the pandemic is. It's it's not, well, let me tell you right now, it's not good. I'm just going to tell you, this is not going to be fun. Um, so I, I was reading this really great article from the New York Times and the things that the people that they interviewed are also people like that I've, I've heard these stories by other actors in, in the, like the world right now that are losing their healthcare mm-hmm. due to the pandemic. Um, these months and months of lost wages are not just affecting the fact that like, yes, this is their cost of living, but it's also affecting their healthcare because of them being covered under actors equity. And so far actors equity hasn't really been there to help them out in any of this, you know, across the nation, hundreds of thousands of actors, musicians, dancers, and other entertainment industry workers are losing their health insurance, or they're being saddled with these high costs in the middle of a global pandemic. You know, some of these people are unable to work enough hours last year to qualify for their coverage. So there was that, you know, when we shut down, it was only March. Um, but, and, and also there, the way that the, um, equity uh, 
contracts are structured, a lot of them were just about to qualify. You know what I mean? Like when they signed on to new shows and a lot of them new tours, but the, the insurance woes compounded a year when performances faced record numbers of unemployment. And, um, they're all just sitting here going, nobody's looking out for us. Um, it's so, I just, they can't believe that they've been dropped from their health insurance during a time when they can't even work. You know, I mean, it's like 6,500 actors and stage managers were enrolled in these plans at the end of 2019. And they're saying like officials have fewer than 4,000 that are still covered by the end of last month. And they were just, they have no option. You know, some of them got coverage through the Affordable Care Act, but the Actors Fund has helped at least like 4,000 performing artists navigate all of their health insurance options, but it's kind of like, it's not enough. So a lot of them have had no choice but to pay. They're also still paying their equity dues, but equity is not really fighting for that. It's just a really hard thing and nobody seems to have an answer for it. And it's really heartbreaking to see my friends be like, well, I'm now timed out of my, my coverage. Yeah, uh, it, I, I think equity and SAG and AFTRA are between a rock and a hard place between not yeah. having money come in and having an increase in costs. And mm-hmm. uh, equity today put out a big statement about uh, lauding the passage of the Biden health, the Biden um, CARES Act, which yeah. uh, the $1.9 trillion that's going to be coming out to uh, support the people who have been affected in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we're through the worst of it and, uh, and, and the salvation is, is on the way because uh, the passage of this bill is, I think is going to change America for the better. Uh, and hopefully um you know, pe- people will be able to come out of this in a stronger way. And the unions and the people themselves, we, we have to get a handle on mm. health care in America. <laughs> yeah, that that's an understatement for sure. We definitely it's it's this is not the only I thing. Mean, if t- tied to tied to your employment or tied to union and things like that. This shouldn't be. I mean, the, sh- the union shouldn't have to bear this this brunt, although traditionally they have. True, 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 true. Yeah. So here's hoping some relief comes their way. And um, I'm, I'm very hopeful for our, our people that are in need. But let's get into some uh, performance streaming news, because, you know, here at Broadway Radio, we love talking about what's coming to Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Netflix has officially announced that they are going to have an adaptation of August Wilson's The Piano Lesson. And it's also going to be presented by the producers of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And you guys know we we got really into talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And we're just really fucking excited that it's another August Wilson play coming to Netflix for everyone to see. And um, if you guys don't know, it's part of like the Pittsburgh play trilogy that he's done. Uh, The piano lesson is set in like 1936 Pittsburgh, you know, the height of Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know. It's it's really exciting. And the play um, is going to be on Broadway again. So they're going to take the Broadway cast for 2022, which is going to star. I don't know. He's like, um, He's not very famous, but he's definitely up and coming. Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in it. Uh, Danielle Brooks is an icon from uh, the color purple on Broadway to uh, Orange is the New Black. You know her, you love her. And John David Washington, who 
I don't know if you guys have seen Black Klansman, but it's on HBO Max and you should absolutely watch him in that. But the apple doesn't fall far from the August Wilson tree because John David Washington is what? Denzel Washington's son. And you know, (laughs) Denzel is not going to let his son screw up an August Wilson show. So (laughs) we're really excited that following its Broadway run, the same cast that we just talked about is going to do the film adaptation, making it the third of the Wilson's Pittsburgh cycle plays to be adapted into a movie. You know, they did Fences in 2016, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom 2020. And uh, here they are doing the next one. So here's hoping that they're going to start filming more shows after they've done their Broadway run so that people see it while it's on Broadway. And then afterwards they get to enjoy like a pro shot. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, Denzel making good on his word to come through and uh, make all these August Wilson plays uh, happen on uh, on the screen. And I just uh, I'm so excited about this because there there's nothing better than to, to have people who know their craft mm-hmm. really really uh execute on it well it's it's very exciting yeah and you know we're going to talk about it in what like a year's time we're going to mm-hmm. freak out about it so and we'll make sure that Ashley is on that because she is our i feel like our resident uh August Wilson fanatic so mm. there you go <laughs> um so now we're going to talk about another streaming opportunity for you the Rock of Ages concert that came it came out of left field for me. I was like, I don't know what. Okay, I mean, we made the movie, we had it on Broadway, but here we go, here we go again on my own. I'm gonna stop. I gotta quit. I gotta run down so, the road. <laughs> Broadway producers with Diamond Dog Entertainment have announced the five-time Tony Award-nominated musical. That's right. I didn't make it up. That's a real thing. Uh, Rock of Ages will play a one-night-only bi-coastal live stream jam fest called Rock of Ages all-star reunion concert Saturday, April 24th, 2021 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's going to be exclusively on the premium streaming platform, Stellar. We've talked about Stellar a couple of times on the show, being like one of the theatrical hubs of streaming platforms. There you go. It's going to be on Stellar. And they've not announced who the supergroup of Rock of Ages stars from across the globe. I'm hoping Constantine Maroulis is not involved, but here we go. Uh, Rock of Ages All-Star Reunion Concert will feature live performances of the greatest hits of the 1980s. You know the songs, you love the songs. Um, I got to see this on tour a couple years ago and it was honestly a lot of fun. Have you ever seen it, James? Yeah, I've seen Rock of Ages, one of our uh, good uh, uh, Broadway Radio uh, Patreon supporters, Rob Johnson, has seen it. Oh, I'm going to get this number wrong. 175 times or something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so Rock of Ages is tons of fun. But if Constantine can't do it, maybe Tom Cruise could. Oh, you know what? That's always my second option. It should <laughs> always be Tom. <laughs> he was, so, you know, when he stepped out, what was the, the movie was quite a few years ago now. Yeah. Um, it was alarming. His performance was alarming. I think that's how I can describe it. It, it was seemed- like Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia. Oh, that's perfect. That's yeah. the perfect thing to say. Yeah. Uh, stick to GoldenEye, Pierce. Or, <laughs> I don't know, Mrs. Doubtfire. The last scene is amazing. Uh, we need to talk about Sondheim. That's where we're going. That's where we're mm. going with the show. We, we got to talk about Sondheim. So if you guys didn't see on the social medias, uh, legendary composer, lyricist, and God from planet Marva, Stephen Sondheim is on the list of people who have been fully vaccinated for COVID-19. And I'm just got to say, like, of all the people that we needed the announcement from, I'm really glad that it was him because he revealed it during this um, uh, Studio 10 Theater Company's Assassin's 30th Anniversary event. 
And yeah, he was like, I got the Pfizer shot, so we're good to go. And if you didn't see the Assassin's reunion, it was like, it was, you know, original cast members like Patrick Cassidy. Um, it was just this huge three hour virtual event with uh, the whole original Playwrights Horizons company, a couple of newly recorded performances and a discussion. I know how much Ashley and I love mm. Sondheim. Is that the same for you, James? Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> Good. Thank of, God. of course it is. I, I, I am uh, just a, an enormous, enormous fan of Mr. Sondheim. And uh, it's something that I think has brought uh, Ashley and I close together in our appreciation of that. Which one's your favorite? <sighs> you know, I go back and forth um, between things like uh, uh, Into the Woods mm-hmm. is because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so dark and Act 2 of Into the Woods is my favorite stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like some of I, I like some of passion. I don't love all of passion, but mm-hmm. some of passion is really, really amazing. Or partial uh, passion. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So uh, I really can't. Uh, I, I really can't. It's it's hard to pick a favorite with you with all of his stuff. How about you? No, I'm I'm the biggest. Like I could I would do Into the Woods, Day or Night, Rain or Shine uh set in like i just i love it so much but i'll tell you this whenever i do the show because i love it i have done Mm -hmm. it multiple times my mom doesn't watch act two because she doesn't like to be sad Mm. so you guys should flip flop and um she'll watch act one you watch act two so now (laughs) we're going to talk we're going to get into some ars nova announcements which is very exciting for me so ars nova has announced its fourth slate of 2021 programming including four events curated by obi winning choreographer and director raja feather kelly as part of the new ars nova vision residency program Uh, we've been talking about this a couple of times on the show uh basically designed to foreground ars nova's values through the creation of more equitable and power sharing curatorial practices the Vision Residency expands Ars Nova's artistic vision by inviting seven artist curators to each program one month of events for Ars Nova Supra, which is what they're doing as this like online streaming showcase platform. So you don't have to be in New York City right now to see the the best of New York City. You can do this at, at the comfort of your own home. And Ars Nova is providing financial and staff resources to develop each piece. So it's not just on the burden of these <laughs> great artists. Uh, in addition to Raja Kelly, uh, the Vision residents are Star Busby, Nietzsche Douglas, Jerome Ellis, Jenny Coons, David Mandiz- uh, Mandizabal. Yep, got that then. And Rona Siddiqui. And I have to shout out Rona because I worked with her before and you you have to get on the Rona train now because she is phenomenal. You're going to love everything that she comes out with. She's an incredible song writer, orchestrator, just person, visionary. And um, I'm so excited to see her name on this list. So Ars Nova, just yeah. making it happen still. Another everybody else. Ars Nova's killing the game per usual. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's sort of like a feel-good recommendation. It's a feel-good recommendation. You should be looking at all these people that are having these great opportunities for artists in this time where they have to be alone to still be creative. And uh, if you can get on any of these streaming platforms like Stellar, like um, Ars Nova, please do it if you have the the money to give to any of these nonprofits as well. Highly recommend. And uh, hopefully you can get your vaccination so we get into theaters like Sondheim and me. Boom. 
did you do the uh, on the Broadway Radio Twitter feed? Did you do the poll or for about people coming back to how they feel about? Hmm? I did. I did. did. What what was kind of the results of that? How did people feel about coming back to the theater? All right. Here's what we said. When will you feel comfortable seeing a Broadway show? Tomorrow, 22 percent of you said tomorrow. Forty six percent said once we're all vaccinated. Mm hmm. 6% said 2022, so they want to come back this year. That's exciting. Or they said that they would only feel comfortable seeing a Broadway show if it's a fun home revival. 26% said that. I mean, <laughs> I get it. I get it. There you go. <laughs> All right, Grace, why don't you get us out of here? Oh, here we go. Don't forget to be our Patreon because that's how I find friends. Broadway Radio for lots of exclusive goodies and the news before everybody else. www.patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Always listen at broadwayradio.com. Thank you so much for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me, stalk me, message me, but please don't on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. James, where can people find you? Well, people can find me at James Marino on all the platforms. And uh, thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us. And who's coming back tomorrow? I think it's me, Ashley, and Matt. I think we're going to give like a big talk about the past year. I think we're going to do a really good discussion on like what theater has changed and what we missed and what we look forward to saying. So you'll have to tune in for that. Well, tune in for the Three Musketeers. <laughs> Bye.